Hey everyone, welcome to the fourth episode of Justice Seekers Next Generation. My name is Sanjana and I'm one of your co-hosts and I am a teen staff writer here at Vox ATL. Hey everybody, my name is Amari and I am your second co-host for this podcast. We are youth who empower other youth and we aim to promote inclusivity and amplify underrepresented voice everywhere while informing and raising awareness to the current day issues ranging from politics, civic engagement, mental health, all of that. Be sure to stream our podcast on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on the Vox website at voxatl.org. Today, we are going to be dipping into the concept of the model minority myth. So the term model minority is used to describe Asian Americans as ideal immigrants who are polite, intelligent, law-abiding, and successful in the American society. It must be removed since it makes such inaccurate generalizations about a broad spectrum of people. This myth arose from racist ideologies and it has contributed to a deterioration in Asian American mental health. Yeah, so that was a great explanation, Amari. So now I'm going to be talking about kind of where did this term originate from, who created it, kind of that kind of gist. So in the January 9th, 1966 edition of the New York Times Magazine, William Peterson, who was a sociologist, used the term model minority to describe Asian Americans as ethnic minorities who, you know, despite marginalization, have attained success in the U.S., And he wrote an essay actually called Success Story, Japanese American Style. And he was pretty much just trying to say Japanese cultures and other East Asian cultures have strong worth ethics and family values, which help them rise beyond problem minorities. And there's just so many things wrong with this. This is really putting all Asians into like a certain box and trying to box them off to a certain lifestyle or the way they practice any of their culture or religion. So let's kind of talk about what effects um, that the model minority has. So first of all, it erases Asian struggle completely. It makes Asian life seem so easy. And also it justifies casual racism. In addition, it can lead to misrepresentation and then also encouraging harmful stereotypes. Amari, do you kind of want to tell us how people can steer away from this harmful stereotype? You can help increase public awareness that this myth is false and harms others and accept the society has blindly assumed it. It is also essential to educate your friends and family when they say something wrong and why it is so bad and why blindly believing this is falling into the belief of Asian stereotypes. Groups like the NCAPA and 18 Million Rising are currently trying to combat this anti-Asian racism by being part of a broad multiracial coalition and trying to fight structural change. It's really important that you guys also kind of do your own research apart from, you know, being informed and getting information from this episode. So kind of we all encourage you guys to go above and beyond and try to see how you can help, how you can encourage your friends, your family to steer away from these harmful stereotypes and kind of just be more inclusive overall. So now it's time for our fun fact. Um, Last week, I also did a book recommendation and I really loved it. So I'm back with another book recommendation. So today's book is uh, The Color of Success. So The Color of Success was written by Ellen Wu, and it kind of tells the story of the transformation of Asians in the United States from kind of a yellow peril, so to speak, to model minorities. And people's distinct from the white majority and kind of the 
assimilated upward mobile and the exemplars of traditional family values in like the 20th century. So um, the author, Ellen Boo, kind of gives us an unprecedented view of racial reform and the contradictions um, of national belonging in the civil rights era. And she kind of highlights the contest for power with Japanese and Chinese Americans and the external to these populations. Okay, so now that we're done with the fun fact, we're gonna jump, me and Amari are gonna jump into a open discussion and we're gonna kind of hash out everything we know about it. So kind of the first question I'm throwing out is, have you ever seen my model minority myth in your life or know someone who experienced it? Yes, I know that it's a common misconception to like Asians in general, which is such a broad term in but agents in general, you know, they're mainly doctors and lawyers and engineers and all these great things. But like, although that's like, quote unquote, a positive stereotype, we have to remember that stereotypes are not good in general. It is not good to, stere to stereotype any group of people at all. But I have definitely seen it. Have you seen it or experienced it or know somebody who has also experienced it? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I've grew up in this, the same town my whole life, and I've lived in a mainly minority, mainly minority town. Um, you know, it's mostly Asian people, specifically Eastern Asian. And, you know, it, it's, I feel like for me, at least being youth, I see it most in school, you know, when an Asian kid gets to be on a test, everyone's like, oh my gosh, how come you gotta be? Of all people, like if you gotta be, that means everyone else must have failed. Like, how do you assume because of the color of someone's skin or someone's culture identity, that they're gonna do well? Or, you know, when someone comes up to you and's like, oh yeah, you're Indian, you definitely have all A's. Like, I hate that stereotype so much. And it really spreads across all Asian. It really doesn't stop with Eastern Asian, which is also kind of what people assume. But I think me and Amari can both agree, um, at least for me, being in like a public school environment, I see this so much, even on a regular basis in high school, like it's happened all through grade school. So definitely. Um, my next question is kind of, why do you think it's important for our listeners to educate themselves and then prevent themselves from associating themselves with these harmful stereotypes? And then what do you think they can try to do to steer away from them? Um, I think in general, the main message is stereotypes are not good, period. I think a lot of people try to hide under the guise that, oh, it's like a positive stereotype. But like, like I said, if I think if we push the agenda that stereotypes are not a good thing, that we should dismantle stereotypes as a whole, that they can be very degrading um, no matter what they are. Um, I think that's the main agenda that we should push. And that's why it's important because they degrade, you know, the people who you are stereotyping. Exactly. Uh-huh. 100%. I think it's important for our listeners to simply educate themselves so they don't end up offending anyone. Because I feel like a lot of the times it's not necessarily people's intentions to harm one culture or their beliefs. It's really accidental. And the best way to prevent that is simply educating yourself. I mean, the amount of things I've learned the past couple months just by trying to, you know, stay aware and, you know, keep up with current events. It's crazy. It's crazy how little effort you have to put in to just be educated. And it's so simple to steer away from the stereotypes. That's why we got to encourage our listeners and really just everyone to do this. These tiny microaggressions and these stereotypes have a big impact on mental health. I mean, imagine that, like 
you know, you're getting hated on for the color of your skin or, you know, the culture identity or your religious identity, that can put a big burden on someone. So, I mean, what do you think these um, boxed stereotypes have on youth mental health specifically? They leave a lot of people feeling like they're not um, live, they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing in their life. Like if your whole life you're told, oh, you're supposed to be a doctor, but maybe you want to be an artist, you know? If you don't end up being a doctor, you feel like, man, like I really missed the mark. I, or, you know, I'm not as good as I could have been. I'm not as good as so-and-so. And then you start to beat yourself down. But really, that's what you're meant to be. You're meant to be an artist, not, um, like I said, not something like a doctor, which is completely fine at the end of the day, you know, whatever your profession is. Yeah, I'm going to have to jump in here and say, I think that the effect of the model minority myth and just, you know, uh, racism towards anyone in general can have such a bad impact on mental health because when we think of mental health you know we typically think of depression or you know bipolar disease but we don't think of the simple effects that it has on people's social anxiety I mean anything can happen you go on the public that's how scary it is you know like the amount of social anxiety it can bring onto someone just from existing it's scary and that's why you know overall we try to encourage to stay away from these stereotypes because it's terrifying, you know? And we don't really know what simple things we're saying could have an effect on someone. Mm -hmm. um, but that's kind of all I have to say for today. Amari, do you want to add anything quick before we wrap up? No, I think the biggest takeaway is to just kind of watch what you say, be sensitive to other people's culture and don't degrade others. But like you said, I think that's pretty much all that we have. So thank you all for listening today yeah um so thank you thank you to all our listeners we appreciate you all so much um, remember that you can find justice seekers next generation on spotify soundcloud apple podcast and the vox atl website which is voxatl.org uh we release episodes every tuesday evening so be sure to keep an eye out for those and we hope you all enjoyed today's episode see you next week